Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour Extra Bits, our little gift for you podcast subscribers with me, Harriet Minter, and this week, Amanda Prowse. We're talking to Carrie Ad Lloyd, the creator and host of the award-winning Griefcast podcast, all about what she's learned about grief from interviewing comedians. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! Now, you might think that laughing in the face of death is not the best strategy, <laughs> but our next guest disagrees with you, and so do the thousands and thousands of people who listen to our, her podcast. Carrie Lloyd, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Hello. <laughs> you are the host of the Griefcast podcast. Yes. For anyone who's not had the joy of listening to it, tell us a little bit about what it's about. Um, so the Griefcast is a podcast where I interview comedians about, and not always comedians to be fair, all sorts of people about their experiences of grief and death. And we talk for about an hour and we talk just very openly and honestly about everything that happens uh, the weird stuff that happens when people are dying the strange feelings that you have the way that you react after someone's died and just the whole thing and it, because I interview comedians, we do sort of... It is sometimes funny, but I would caveat that, that people dying is not funny. Um, and the reason I do the show is my dad died when I was 15, so that's why I sort of feel, I guess, able to talk honestly about it. But it's the stuff that happens around death that is often weird and odd, and you want to laugh and talk about all that other side of it, and we feel bad about that. You're, as you said, your dad died when you were 15, mm. so you've had sort of 20 odd years of talking yes. about grief do you think that meant that when you came to do the podcast you felt like you'd processed that or has doing the podcast Mm. helped you I would have told you when I started yes absolutely I've definitely processed it that's partly why I started the show because so we joke in the show that it's called the club once you've lost someone Mm -hmm. you join the club so I joined the club very early and the joke always to say is like I got to the party really early I set the nibbles out early and then one by one people join me and I'm like hey how you doing and I'm ready to have this conversation Mm -hmm. with them so I've been practicing I guess those conversations for 20 something years (laughs) and I would have thought I'd process it, but actually the process of doing, we're on like episode 87 now, I can't believe how much my grief has changed because in the act of talking about it on a weekly basis to other people, completely honestly, it has 
like without sounding as cheesy, it has healed me in a way I never thought I needed because we do not give death the space it deserves in society. Mm. So even though I'm someone who talked about it quite a lot and I had a lot of conversations, I hadn't talked about a lot of aspects of it because I would think, oh, it's probably too much for this person. So when you get in a room with someone else whose dad's died, whose mum's died, who's lost a child, who lost a brother, lost mm. a sister, and you can re- both really honestly talk about it, it it just it, it helps. It helps to have the space to talk about it in a non-judgmental way. Who is the person that you've had on your podcast that you feel their story was maybe the most different from what you were expecting? Actually, this week's episode um, was really hard for me. It's a a guy called Jason Green, Mm. who is an American writer who wrote a book just come out called Once More We Saw Stars. You might have read, he's written a lot of articles recently because what his story is so crazy. His two-year-old daughter was killed by a piece of falling masonry like a windowsill and she was with the grandmother and yeah and I mean even that story in itself is like what it was completely random completely it hit the news you know they were like hiding in hospitals because newspaper reporters were trying to find them so they had to deal with all that then um six months later they his wife got pregnant again they now have another child but they've had to process their grief while becoming parents again And his story was completely so miles away from mine. You know, I was a teenager whose dad died of cancer. Like, obviously, it's rare, but it's not completely out, you know, out of the blue. And what happened to Jason was just, like he said, it's not tragedy because tragedy has a meaning. And what happened to him was meaningless. Mm. But this week's episode, I was so glad that I spoke to him. And you can still find, you can still find ways to connect and you can still learn from people whose grief is completely different to you. And as we say, we joke, like, you're in the club, there's all these different rooms. Mm. So, like, my dad died of pancreatic cancer, so if I meet someone who also lost... Like, we're in a very little corner of the room being like, oh, yes, me too. Oh, yeah, do you know the statistics are really awful? And he's Mm. in a different room with people who've lost children, which is obviously a very, very different pain, but we all essentially understand what it means to have lost someone you've loved. It's interesting, isn't it? How we always just assume grief is a one-level thing. Yes, yeah. You know, it's like, I've lost someone, I'll be sad, and mm. then I'll be okay again, maybe, but a different shape than I was before. Yeah, yeah. And actually, everyone's story is so unique. Are you finding you're learning more, not only about your grief, but about yourself and how you sort of, how you processed it? Yeah, I think so, because that's the amazing, like, when you really start talking to people about grief, <laughs> you start realising how, you know, multifaceted and, mm. and mirrored it is. And I think it's so important to understand, like, a relationship between two people is completely unique. So my relationship with my dad was completely unique and completely different from my brother's relationship to my dad. So our grief is completely different because what you're missing is that relationship. And so even within families, you know, which is so common, you can have complete schisms in families because people are dealing with it in completely different ways. So, yeah, I think it's it has taught me... I mean, it's that weird thing about grief that a lot of people who've been through it sort of come to the conclusion of like of course I wish it hadn't happened but what I've learned about myself and how I've processed it and how I've dealt with it I've tried to do it as positively as I can and that's part of what the podcast is it's providing something that wasn't there when I needed it like I felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to and I, I mean, felt culturally completely alone. we're bad at talking about death aren't we we're terrible yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're not really, great we're not yeah. great I think we're getting better mm. but I do think it's funny isn't it like we live in this world now where everything's on the table like you know we're talking about like it's apart pr- from that apart from that yeah <laughs> like you know it's pride in London today mental health awareness is huge and death, I think, is... St- obviously, there's, you know, I wouldn't say those two subjects are finished, but I think death is still something that really, really frightens people because it's the one thing that happens to everybody. 
Like you cannot, you cannot hide from it. Everyone in the world, the only thing I can guarantee to them, like I can't say, you know, you will never be un unhappy or you will be rich. I can say you will die or someone you love will die. And so I think everyone goes... <sighs> Yeah, I'd rather not think about that, <laughs> which is fair enough. But I sort of feel like, but it's going to happen. And the interesting thing I found from the show is so many people are so shocked when it happens. Everybody's shocked. So when it shocked was actually if we talked about it more, if everybody who'd lost someone shared those stories with other people and we listened, perhaps you wouldn't be so shocked. When someone buys a house, they talk to you about it. They tell you the process. So when you might buy a house or you're renting, you think, oh, I'm glad my friend Jane told me that. That's interesting. Mm. But with death, we don't know. So sometimes you're facing things like what hospice to go to or morphine drips or the sounds people make when they die and I've had people email me to go oh I thought that was just my dad that made that mm. I'm like no we're all hearing this noise and nobody we can help each other that's what I feel so passionately about the more we talk about it you can definitely help people process what is going to happen to everybody what are the things about death that you wish people knew what are the kind of you talked about there about the sounds about death about the kind of question, you know the process of it is there stuff <coughs> that's kind of come along that you were like look if somebody right close to you is dying this is the thing you need to be aware of yeah it's interesting it's very different because there's so many ways to die yeah, it's true. <laughs> so that's what i've discovered through the podcast like obviously my dad died of cancer so i have a experience of what a cancer death looks like and when i have friends who've uh, you know, family members are sick with cancer. I, there's things I can recognise and there's things that... The big thing that comes up all the time is do not expect a Hollywood moment. Mm. It does not exist. Mostly what happens, especially if someone's dying of a, an illness rather than, you know, like a heart attack or a car crash or, you know, completely different illness which takes them very suddenly. If it's a long protracted illness, often by the time you're expecting that Hollywood moment, they will probably be on so much medication they might not be able to communicate with you. And I think I have so many guests who are like... I didn't get a chance. I didn't say, you know, I was expecting this moment where they held my hand, I looked in their eyes and I was like, I love you. And they were like, I love you. Like, it, often they are under a lot of morphine and they're not often, they're often saying really mad things. They're tripping. And so I always say on the show and a lot of my guests say, like, have those moments now. Talk to people now about how you feel about them before something happens. And the practical admin level is the other thing people don't realise. After, However they've died, you have to do an enormous amount of admin. Like, it is unbelievable what happens when someone dies. If you have a password that you use all the time, maybe just tell one person. <laughs> or just tell someone where it's written down or have a password manager app so that it does yeah. all your passwords tell people where that you know your bank details are obviously people you trust i'm not suggesting you just <laughs> shout in the street it. yeah don't tweet, don't it. tweet it but so many people have said to me you know we just didn't know where that was we didn't know they had another bank account we didn't know what this is and i think if you talk about it beforehand you know the big, i read a book recently called um learning to die my books are cheery and um so many people don't discuss whether they want to be resuscitated mm. and i know it's so grim i know mm, yeah. it is but when a doctor is asking you and something terrible has happened, of course you're going to say, yes, just resuscitate, you know, instantly save them. And there's a brilliant doctor, um, oh, it's called, the book's called Being Mortal, I can't remember the name of the author, but talking about how so much medicine is trying to save people because they haven't had the chance to talk to that person and go, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't save them because it's not going to be what you expect. So if we had these conversations, you could confidently say, you know, you know, obviously I'm hoping no one has to do this. But if you do, you can be like, no, they don't want that. Or they do want that. They do want to be resuscitated under any circumstances. And don't worry, I know what their bank details are. <laughs> and so I can help if we need to go and get... It's like, it's just the information that we don't think we need to share. There's, what you said that really resonated with me with... Uh, so two things. So one about the 
conversation about do not resuscitate. So a while ago, mm. my mum was going in for surgery and she said to me, she was like, darling, I just want you to know that if anything happens to me when I go in for surgery, I don't want to be resuscitated. And at the time I was like, well, A, you're not going to die. You'll be <laughs> fine. Um, but also I was like, I don't, there's, there's no reason for me not to resuscitate you. Mm. This is not, you are not living with a terminal illness. You are not, you know, there, you have a lot of life. And it was a really, we had a really honest conversation about yeah. why that was what she was saying, what that meant and what that meant for me. And it was really difficult, but oh, God, I'm so glad hard. we had it. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to have, like, that's what I, you know, I'm flippantly saying, hey, tell yeah. people how you want to die. But it is not easy to talk to yeah. your loved ones but the people I meet and the stories where they didn't get that chance mm. it it's just it's so worth it it's so worth swallowing that you know slight awkwardness and thinking I just don't want to be in front of a doctor or in front of a, a funeral director and having no clue because we never had that conversation mm. also small things so I have a chat with my parents and I said what music do you want at your funeral yeah, I've exactly. written it down both of them and I've asked what they want because I thought I'm not being funny but in those moments when your brain's a bit foggy you're thinking, hmm, do they like the Beatles? Is it yes. best of bread? Do we go <laughs> Macarena? You know, um, and actually, it gives me comfort to know that everything's sort of in place. Yeah, I think mm. there's nothing... Like I said, if it was this thing that was not going to happen, of course, maybe, you know, maybe you won't win the lottery, so don't need to massively plan for it. But these, everyone is going to die. Mm. Why are we not talking about it? Like, nobody is going to get yeah. away with... And no matter how rich you are, you know, what degree you've got, one of someone you love will die and you will die. And I think once you accept that I don't feel morbid about it I don't no. feel so I think wow great now I know now we can have those conversations I think it's a freedom go ahead, yeah actually. It, is. it is it is a real freedom but the music is such a small thing you know if you don't want to have the resuscitation conversation <laughs> you can just start with oh what music would you like exactly do you want to be to things doesn't it buried or cremated mm. do you want a religious ceremony so many people the, their parents are not religious and suddenly they you know they read this will going oh, I want a Catholic funeral and they're like <laughs> what <laughs> and you think you need to know that kind of stuff yeah, like yeah. yeah making wills or you know I just think there's actually a lot of stuff we could so easily prepare for that we're just too afraid to mm. my mother wants to donate her body to medical research whether or not they want it <laughs> remains to be seen uh, we're going to keep talking to Carrie Ed here on Badass Women's Hour XL The Vampire Strikes Back Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We are talking to Carrie Adloyd, host of the award-winning Griefcast podcast, um, about what it's like to talk to comedians about death. Um, carry it's, it's cheerier than it, it sounds. That's what funny. I always say. <laughs> sort of, can people laugh at it? Yeah, like I know it sounds so depressing, but honestly, <laughs> I say to everyone, like, just listen to one episode. If it depresses you, it's fine. Yeah. Just switch it off. But like, genuinely, some of the epo- episodes are hilarious. The episode with Adam Buxton, which is absolutely the first one, he talks about like, you know, his dad was very sick. He was very old, and he was at home caring for him at home, and like he had to lift him up with this like carer, and you know, his dad was in a lot of pain. It was really like those sounds that they make when they're in pain is very difficult. And um, then in the middle of a lift, the carer was like, did I, do I know you? You've been on telly. So it's like holding his dad. Oh my gosh. And he was like, uh, and he said that weird moment of like, I didn't want to like lie, but also I didn't want to be like, yes, actually I'm from award-winning Adam and Joe show and BBC Six Music. So there's all sorts of bizarre things that happen that I think when you have been with someone who's died, you often sort of sneakily laugh about them like mm, oh, that yeah. was cool. you know the sort of gallows humor that happens and then when you talk to sort of inverted commas normal people you're like oh no we didn't we didn't laugh we were just sad all the time and I was like it's not true like we should admit that we're laughing mm. and the weird stuff that happens and the bizarre things that people say to you and just like another guy Ed Morris who's a, a producer his dad just like dropped dead at a count like a local history meeting and it was a real, it like kind of came out of nowhere and it was very shocking and stuff. And um, the people who ran the meeting were very sweet and helped, called an ambulance, tried to do everything. Mm. And they wrote to him a couple of weeks later and they were like, we want you to know we did stop the meeting. <laughs> he was like... <laughs> Good, because I'd been worried about Yeah, that. he was like, one, yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> and two, how could you have, how could you have carried on with a local That's history right. of Portsmouth? Yeah. After, <laughs> where were we? Yeah. Guns. But oh he was like gosh. so English that he, they had to say. We're very <laughs> just sorry just for But please also know we didn't carry on with the fascinating brass money collection that someone had bought in. <laughs> so all this weird stuff happens that is sort of, I don't know, it's the laughter from it is not like we're not laughing at death, we're not mm. laughing at those people. It's just the it's kind definitely of... definitely how we cope, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just yeah. coping. And it's normal, just, it's normal. Yeah. yeah, and I think so many people... So I get so many emails from listeners going, oh, I didn't know other people were like you know laughing at these weird things that happened or that nurses said and mm. i felt so guilty and i think no don't feel bad we you you have to survive and grief is it's awful like mm. there's no getaway yeah. but it's mm. really horrible and so if you i always say if you can find one glimmer of joy or pearl amongst the map then great because that laughter laughs like tens last 10 seconds and then you're back in the world of oh I'm in pain. This is really hard. This is awful. So, yeah, God, enjoy those moments. There was, um, when my aunt was dying, she was in a coma for quite a long time before she died. And her daughter had, a couple of years previously, borrowed her car and crashed it and written it off. Um, But they, everyone had been told, you know, she's in a coma, but just come in and talk to her normally as you would. Mm. And her daughter came in and she said to her, 
uh, Mum, I just want you to know, um, I am going to need to borrow your car, so I just want to check that's okay with you, and then I'll go and pick up the keys. And my aunt, who was in a coma, yes. sat bolt upright and no. went, no, you well, cannot, and went back <laughs> down again. And that was it. That was That's like, amazing. And, I love stuff like that. Yeah. That's incredible. And the thing is, obviously, when she died, it was awful, but there was this moment that we now all have that we remember yeah. her for, which we felt like defined her spirit. Yeah, I think I that's that. such a good phrase. Like, it, it, it's defining of someone's personality because yeah. if someone is dying mm-hmm. or dead, it doesn't mean that they stop being them. You know, you can still remember them. And if they laughed at stuff like that and, and said funny yeah. things or, you know, had a personality, that doesn't... What we try and stop in the show is this sort of, like, canonization of the dead. Absolutely. Of like, they oh were perfect. Yeah, yeah. They were wonderful. Because I find that's really hard for people grieving where you're yeah. like, um, they weren't. They were human. Mm. And, like, my dad, you know, we didn't have the world's greatest relationship at all. And I think sometimes people think I do the show because, like, I miss my daddy. No, it was, like, it was complicated. Mm. And I found it really weird when, after he died, people were like, your father, you know, what a wonderful man. I was like, hmm... So he was good. Like, he's not saying he was a bad person, but like, there's definitely flaws there. And that our relationship was really tempestuous, and I'd like to remember it as it was. Yeah, it's really, my grandma was a stay at home hypochondriac, and um, <laughs> I did her eulogy. And I stood up and I said, um, I remember, you know, when she told me she was going to die, I was very scared. Uh, the first time because I was four <laughs> and uh, literally it was every year and she died at a ripe old age like nearly in her 90s outlived wow. everybody but yeah Amazing. it was that it's, it's that humour and it's that validation that actually they're real people yes. isn't it and we're all flawed and we're all brilliant and we're all perfect and we're yeah. all you know yeah yeah I think the more you remove their personality the harder it is to grieve them because you're not mm. grieving that person that's a good point yeah. yeah you're sort of grieving a weird version of I've it I've never even thought of that that's really good yeah, and you have to, if you grieve the, the person you're actually missing, who may have, you know, you might, I have people who haven't spoken to their parents for 15 years and then they die. Like, you have to grieve what's what's happened, the truth. And that's what I'm, I'm obsessed with on the show. It's like, what is the truth of that situation? How did you really feel? Because once you hit that, you can start to mm. process it. You don't get over it. It's not something you just magically disappear and stop thinking about ever, which is another thing. I think if you're not in the club, you you think, oh, I guess mm. they just get over it. Like, yeah. No, you don't. But you can learn to, live and manage your life and be sad some days and still be happy those things can exist together how do you handle people on the show because you're asking them to talk about <laughs> yeah. you know you're talking about a potentially traumatic subject yeah, yeah. and like you said you really want to get to the truth of it how prepared are your guests for that do you think? i think it's a lot easier now there's episodes to listen yeah. to like at the beginning I think it was hard when I hadn't even put any out. I just would speak. They were like, you want me to what? I was like, talk about your dead relatives. So I think what's helpful is because of what happened to me, I always just think, how would I want to be asked? How would I want to be treated? Like just the tiniest things of like, well, I would feel funny if they spoke about it flippantly or I would Mm -hmm. feel funny if they forgot their name. And we try on the show, I always ask the name of the person and we always talk about, use that name because that's the thing that happens when people die, they stop saying the name or like they're like, you're mum like really oh I don't want to mention your mum because she's dead like it's so nice to just say people's names and just remember like keep them alive in that room just for an hour it just feels like yeah it's sort of it's oddly spiritual even though you know I'm not saying like they they come down to that room but you just feel like you're celebrating their personality and their spirit for that hour Mm. but yeah it's it's hard I guess the thing is I always accept is once they've agreed to come on the show they sort of know what they're getting into and I, honestly, I wouldn't have a show if society was better at talking about it. 
these people often are so grateful. Like they're like, mm. oh, I haven't been able to speak about mm. my mum or my child or my brother f for five years, six years, ten years because everyone's really awkward about it. So they often say afterwards, oh, it was just so nice to talk about them for an hour and not mm. feel like, oh, I'm really bumming everyone out. <laughs> like, yeah. Talking about my dead relative. It's like a place where... You can absolutely talk about this dead person for ages and I'm never going to go, Amazing. oh, anyway, like, kind of really depressing me. It's just somewhere I'm like, yeah, great, let's tell me more about them. What would you like to see happen with the podcast now? Because it's obviously been this huge success. Uh, you won a British podcast towards her, yes. I did, yes, yeah, yeah, And yeah. you've had tens of thousands of downloads and where would where do you want to take it where do you think it goes from here i don't know like yeah. i never expected it to like yeah hit the millions of downloads or yeah. win awards or i never expected that i honestly thought well, maybe 10 people will listen and then you know when you have an idea that won't yeah. go away so i was like if i just do it then i've done it i can stop thinking about it so i just feel really grateful that i have a space to talk about it like and i'll talk about it for as long as it works for me and i just uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really think about things. I just do them. <laughs> and the emails I get just really... It just makes me realise... I grew up where we talked about stuff a lot and we talked about my dad a lot and the process. We all talked about it all the time. And I get emails from people who genuinely say, I thought I was having a mental breakdown because I didn't know what grief was because I've never spoken to anyone about mm -hmm. it. Yeah, a guy who was like, I've never even told my wife how my parents died. I've never even spoken about it. And listening to this, you know, they'll be like, oh, I thought I was completely mad, but I realised, oh, I'm just grieving. Mm -hmm. So I just want more people to realise, like, you're not mad, you're not crazy. It's just grief. Everybody goes through it. Nobody is talking about it. This is so crazy. If everybody just was really honest and was like, oh, I'm just having a bad day. Oh, why? Well, my dad died 10 years ago today, so just feeling really sad. If that was a mm. fine thing to say, yeah. so many people would feel lighter. They'd come into work and be like, oh, that's good. I got to talk. Mm. Everyone knows to give me a bit of space today and like, yeah. don't give me hassle for not replying to the email because I'm remembering someone who's dead mm. rather yeah. than being like, oh, oh my God, what do I say? They've just said their dad. Like, it's fine. You don't have to say anything. It's yeah. not your job. I just want to share it with you. You don't have to make it better. You can't make it better. What do you wish everyone knew about grief? I really wish people realised that it isn't get-overable. I really wish people realised that uh, I've had so many guests say to me, like, oh, my friends are saying, like, well, I should maybe, like, move on two it's years. It's been a few years now. It's been a few years. Oh, yeah. Like, it makes me want to blow my top. Like, what the... Uh, what the mm, because... If you had a, you know, if you have a child and you're talking about that child and they're four years old, no one's like, they're four years old, stop going on about Get it. Get over it. No one, yeah, <laughs> if you mention your mum, people are like, yeah, I know you've got a mum. You've had your mum your whole life. Why are you still <laughs> telling me stories about it? Like, we don't do that. So why is it weird that years later someone is still thinking about their dad, dead dad, their dad or their brother or their sister or their cousin or their friend that person meant something to them they are not going to get over it they will learn to live with it they will be uh you know happier in a way that they're not at the beginning like the first few years obviously are really difficult but there's never going to be a time where they're like oh yeah I'm fine oh yeah my dad died totally cool not a problem don't feel sad about it like you have to accept people will deal with this for the rest of their lives Karen, thank you so much for coming in. Sorry and for yeah. ranting about death. No, Amazing. I love it. Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you so much for ranting about death and changing the conversation about it and Trying. giving people tools. Hopefully, hopefully that's yeah. the go. There's, there's... Can we listen again, Carrie, to your podcast? Where can we find it? Uh, you can find it on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from. I think it's on Spotify as well. Yeah, if you just had, if you just type in Griefcast, Wonderful. you'll find it. And it's on Twitter and Instagram at the Griefcast where we share a lot of resources where people like ask what to do on anniversaries and everyone's really supportive. So I'd recommend looking at that as well. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to it, I mean, I have, and I just, 
it is such a beautiful um it's a beautiful listen and celebration of humanity and how we deal with it in the best and worst situation oh, thank so, you thank you for doing it Griefcast, go check it out one two three four this has been the badass women's hour podcast with me harriet minter natalie campbell and emma sexton if you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.